Well, in a moment, we're going to just dive into the Word of God. How many people love the Bible? You love Scripture, right? And we're going to dive into Scripture. But I'm going to ask you to do something. We just all stand together. We're going to just stand, and um, we're going to pray. Let me tell you what my burden is this morning is um, I pray that Horizon, and man, I pray this for New Life, the church I pastor is called New Life, um, all the time, is that today the mission of God would burden our hearts. I'm praying that, honestly, you'd feel a little bit uncomfortable when we're done here. Is that okay? That, that you would, um, so, you know, the tendency is to want to sit in the bleachers. When you're done here today, you're not going to want to be on those bleachers. I, I actually pray that Jesus would rock my world, your world, and that we'd feel a little uncomfortable, and we just, something, God would burn the mission of God in our hearts. So how many people are ready for that? If you're here and you're like first, second time, first of all, welcome to Horizon. Love to have you here. You're, if you're here and you're not a Christ follower, honestly, love. This is a great Sunday for you to be here because you're going to hear some things that I think that the church has missed it on and maybe warm you up to Jesus again. And so great to have everyone here. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the word of God would be declared. I pray for Horizon right now, God. I pray that this moment, these moments together would be... Um, just significant for this church, God, to reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to reach the world. I pray, God, in our next few moments together that, God, you be honored, our minds would be sharp, our hearts would be soft, we'd have skillful hands as we do the work of God in our community. We love you, Lord. God, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. My prayer today, again, is that simply, is that somehow the mission of God would burn in everyone's heart. I pray that Jesus just rock our world, the mission of God would burn. Here's what I know about church, what I know about the church I pastor, and what I know about just life. It is easy to lose the mission of God in the life of a church. Especially when you have facilities like this and pastors like you have and ministries and music. Come on, come on, Horizon. You are blessed to have some incredible music, incredible facilities, incredible leaders. What the tendency is, let's just get real honest, is to get comfortable because everything goes so well. The tendency is to sit back and go, man, I know where I sit and I even know where my coffee comes from. And I know where to get my coffee, and I know where the bathrooms are. And let me tell you, I have New Life, and people come in, great coffee, great facility, great children's ministry. You come in, and the tendency, let's just get real raw, is to get so comfortable that you become a consumer and not a follower of Jesus Christ. I say often in New Life, and I want to say this to you, the main thing in church is to keep the main thing the main thing. And listen to me, listen to me, Horizon. The main thing in church is not just better facilities, programs. All those have their proper place. But the main thing is that we would reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The main thing is that you have friends and I have friends that are going to hell. And the mission of God has to burn deep in our hearts to the place where we begin feeling comfortable about that mission. But the tendency is to get more excited about methods the mission. The tendency is to get more excited about music style or the lack of music style than the mission of God. The tendency is to complain about the music being too loud, but never invite my friend to church. Are we getting too raw here this morning? Come on, everybody. The tendency in every church in my heart, I've been now a follower of Jesus for over 30 years. Come from a broken home, Jesus transformed my life at the age 13. And, but the tendency is 
to somehow become about me and not the world. And, and what I want us to talk about today, and I want us to pray when we come to the end of this, that God would help us partner with him with the story of God, the, the mission of God in this world is to redeem mankind. And Horizon, you know what you're a part? We are a part about the mission of God, and that is to redeem mankind. That's the mission. We exist to make disciples. We exist to love God, love people, and we have to drill that in our hearts. And I say often in New Life, and I say this, I love this metaphor, we become the bride of Christ where we represent the groom to the world. Think about that. We are, you are the bride of Christ. That means when people meet us, they ought to go, wow, when you think of a bride, you go, something's beautiful about a bride. Something's awesome. I say this, I say this often, have you ever got a chance to meet my wife before you met me? Let's pretend you met Jana before you met me. Here's what you would think. You would think, whoever married her is awesome. You, you go, because she's so incredible. You would just assume that I'm a nice guy. Trust me on that. You'd go, wow, and then you met me and you'd be disappointed, but that's another issue. But you would assume that, but you know, you know what happens in the church? Here's a... It's not that people are against Jesus. They just don't like the church. Man, you guys are way too quiet on me. Come on. They meet Christians and they go, I'm not sure if like, boy, that Christians are hypocritical. Christians are irrelevant. Christians are like this. And what I believe is we're supposed to be the bride of Christ. And when the people meet us, there's something irresistible about that church. Come on, everybody. They go like this, man, we want to meet the groom. We want to be about the groom. And, and, and what happens is the moment you kind of get this uh, messed up and we miss it is that we miss the mission of God and we forget why God has put us here. What happens so often in church, I call it, um, well, I call it the dine and dash mentality, is that churches are filled with people that like to dine and dash. Enjoy the church, enjoy God, enjoy our pastors, Enjoy the seats, but you know what? I dash. Now, in the like restaurant world, that would be considered illegal. How many people are rude? But in church, we consider that okay. Matter of fact, in church, we make it worse. We dine wine first, then we dash. And what I ask is this question How can we break that? How can church be about discipleship making, a force to our world where we're not just entertaining or developing consumers and people that just sit, but we're developing world changers, people that know how to make a difference in their world for the glory of God. I believe, here's what my burden is, is that we would no longer, and I, boy, I preach this at New Life, I believe this is a message from God for Horizon, that we wouldn't dine and dash, but we would learn how to pray and serve and make a difference in this world. Now, here's what's crazy about this. What's crazy about this is you would think that this dilemma is only true for the 21st century church. Like, if you're, like, you would go like this. Well, yeah, man, hit it, pastor. That's true. The church gets involved with consumerism and all this stuff. You would think, if you were just new to Bible study, and some of you are brand new to Bible study, you haven't even opened up the Bible, you would think that, like, this is only true for today's church. But here's what's interesting when you open up the Bible. This same problem of developing consumers, the kind of the dining and dashing mentality, is not only the problem that we have in today's church, but go back 2,000 years to the first century church, they had the same problem. Those of you that may be new to Bible study, let me just tell you, awesome, awesome book to read. 
Scripture is phenomenal. And what happens is Scripture is just raw. It's real. It gives you all the stuff of the early church. It doesn't hide anything. It's all out there. And I want us to look at a passage here in Acts chapter 6. That I, I believe it's a passage, if you allow the Lord to speak to you, it's a passage that answers the question, what do you do when you fall into this kind of the dying and dash mentality, consumer mentality, people complaining? What do you do to get back to the mission of God? What do you do to go, no, we're not going to live here, but we're going to live Live in the mission of God. And you find this all over the Bible. Acts chapter 6 is one of these examples. Here's what's going on in Acts chapter 6. The church is exploding. 3,000 people get saved. 5,000 people get saved. How I many you know that would take a lot of parking spots? Come on, everybody, right? And a lot of coffee. The church is exploding. And then um, they have this little thing called Ananias and Sapphira. They're struck dead. How many of you know that would get everyone's attention in church? Again, if you're new to Bible study, you need to read it. God actually strikes people dead. It's awesome. Especially if you're a man, you love it. It's just awesome. And so they're struck dead at Acts chapter 5. The church is exploding. And here's, here's what starts happening. And it's like, if I didn't tell you this was in the Bible, you would think I was talking about like today's church. What starts happening is the church is exploding and people start complaining. And it indicates like it's, it were like the widows, the, the ladies in the lobby were complaining that they were being overlooked. I mean, you know, that just sounds like church today, right? Some of you are way too quiet. You go, okay, where's he going with all this? This is all in the Bible. And we're going to Acts chapter 6, verse 1. What's going on here? In those days when the number of disciples was increasing. What's going on? The church is increasing. The favor of God. Come on, people ought to be, when, when, when the church increases, how many people know we ought to be shouting, Right? The church was in Crete. What happened? The Grecian Jews, the Jews among them, let's say this out loud. I want you to say the next word out loud because it's right there in the Bible. Come on. Yeah. Where two or more are gathered, people complain. <laughs> That's exactly. Two or more gather, people complain. Come on, I want you to get this because we read the Bible too quick. God is moving. It's like Pentecost, Holy Spirit, people being healed, <laughs> and, and the ladies start complaining in the lobby. I love Bible. And they start complaining about being overlooked because one set of the Jews, the, the Grecian Jews complained amongst the Arabic Jews because they, the widows were being overlooked in the daily giving out of the food. Now, just side note, you need to understand about the Bible. It was like the job of the church to take care of the widows and they were feeling left out. They were feeling like, well, man, what about us? Pastor, you're like, caring too much about those Jews and those widows, and what about us? It was so awesome about the Bible. The same problems we have today, Pastor Stan, are the same problems they had there. Is that they started to feel this tension in the church, and there was this uproar, if you will. And, and what I want to make observation, because I think this is so important. It's interesting to me when you read the book of Acts, that this complaint started a movement of God and started a miracle. Sometimes complaining can actually be good, believe it or not, because you sense there's a need. It's how you respond to that complaint that will actually launch the church forward or keep the church down. How you respond, either the church will go forward or backwards. And here's what's going on. They're complaining that stuff is not going right. Even though people are getting saved, they were complaining. So the 12, this is the original 12 minus Judas, okay? The 12 gathered together, all the disciples, and they said this in verse 2. They made a powerful statement. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Time out here. Huge. 
I call this the tipping point. I believe right now in the book of Acts, what's going on, the church is about to get out of Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria, and they're at this huge point of tension, and the disciples go like this, hold it, it's only the 12 of us doing ministry. We can't keep up. And their dilemma, can you imagine Peter, James, and John fighting about this? But Jesus, here's how it goes. Jesus told us to serve and wash feet, so we need to wait on tables. But they're going like this, but there's too many widows over here, and how can we serve all of them and preach? And I, again, I love scripture because there's so much dilemma here, tension. And they're, they're arguing back and forth, and they say, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Let me just side note here. You want to know why so many pastors are burned out, so many pastors and their wives are, are leaving ministry and the church is not growing? Because so many pastors get caught up in things that are very important, like waiting on tables, but they never have time to preach the word of God. And there's a tension. And the 12 disciples are feeling this. And so they said this. They, they got together, brothers, I want you to choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Come on, I want you to look out at Horizon and look out amongst the church and understand it's not just about the 12 doing the ministry, but there are people sitting in the seats that must step up if we're going to reach the world with the gospel of Christ. God, this is huge. What's going on right here right now is like the tipping point of the book of Acts. We got to stop just doing it by ourselves and we got to look out in the church. And there are people that have this dine and dash mentality, but they don't want to stay there. They're sitting in the bleachers and they said, come on, come on. And now we need to do this. We will turn this responsibility over to them. In other words, I, as the pastor, not going to do everything. I'm not going to be at everything because I got to focus on preaching and prayer, preaching and prayer. And there is an army in the church that needs to get off the bleachers and stop being consumers. And they says, come on, church, come on, Horizon. We will turn this responsibility to you. Come on, now I'm going to have to get excited up here. Someone get, come with me. We will, we will get, we will stop doing it. Why? And let me get real personal because I have two girls that need a dad. I have a wife that needs a husband. I want to be healthy spiritually. I want to be full of God. And if I wait on all the tables, which is huge, 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 huge. But if I do that, I will not only burn out as a man of God, but I will hurt my family. I'll hurt my girls. And ultimately people will go to hell because the church will not reach the mission of God. This is big. It's a tipping point in the book of Acts. We'll turn this responsibility over to them. Now, now look at this next phrase. And, verse 4, and we'll give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. Pastor Stan, I want to say something. I, I believe with all my heart, what God wants your pastor and his wife to do is focus on preaching and praying. And I believe this with all my heart, that if the church is going to go to the next level of reaching the mission of God, we have to free up our pastor and his wife to preach, to pray, to be about the mission of God. And they say, and, and the disciples in the middle of this dilemma says, man, we need to raise up seven so we'll give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. Now this next phrase is huge, verse five, because it's like you know that God's alive because it's the only time you find this phrase in all church history. Only time, here it is, though this proposal please the whole group. You never find that again in church history. 
Never again at another business meeting. Somehow, it was a divine move of God, and everyone said, yeah. This is not just about the 12. This is not just about the pastor and the one that's licensed. This is not just about us knowing where we sit and we dine and we dash. This is not just about us, but it's about the world. And somehow in the church, everything, it pleased the whole group, and they chose Stephen, and list seven other people they chose. I want, I want to talk about two, Stephen and Philip. Really, Philip turns into evangelist later. I want to focus on Stephen. Out of the congregation, Stephen rose up. And let me tell you about Stephen. He was just the guy. He was just the guy that showed up. Didn't know he had a responsibility. Not necessarily educated in Bible. Not necessarily about, from a background. Just the guy, Stephen. And there were some Stephanies that are not listening to the Bible. We're just going to make that up. All over the place. Stephen right there. I think he was the guy in the back row. Hey, Stephen. Where he's going like this. I love Horizon. I love my church. But you know what? I, I dine and Boom. Get out the parking lot before others do. Don't you dare ask me, Pastor, to serve and wait on those tables. Don't you dare. I love you, but not that much. Come on. And Stephen right there, right there. Stephen's back there. The guy. You're about 32 years old. And you go, there's no way this church could ever use me. There's no way. But here's the thing about Stephen. He was chosen at that moment and he stood up, and he said, I'm not qualified. I'm, I don't even know what you're asking me, Pastor, but I'm in. I call it the Stephen factor of the book of Acts. If you didn't have Stephen, you probably wouldn't have the Apostle Paul, by the way, and you wouldn't have most of the New Testament. The Stephen factor was the guy in the back row of the church, and he stood up, and he said, Pastor... There's a lot of tables to wait on. Pastor, I want you to love your wife. I want you to love your kids. I want Horizon to go somewhere. Pastor, I'm in. What do you want me to do? I'll wait on tables. What's amazing about Stephen is he preached one of the, I believe, my opinion, one of the finest messages you find in the Word of God, Acts chapter 6 and 7. I mean, he was a better preacher than Pastor Paul and Pastor Peter and all those other pastors. He stood up served, and eventually earned the right to become a preacher, but he started with serving. You know, you know why most churches burn out? Here's why, why most churches stop growing and stop reaching their communities, because somehow we bought in this mentality, I can dine and dash. And God says, no, if you're a Christ follower, you got to get up and pray and serve. And what I love about this passage, look at it. it says they chose Stephen, and the Bible says they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. There was this moment where everyone's going, okay, let's go, let's get involved, let's every one of us get involved, let's decide this is my horizon, this is my church, we are in the game. I'm, I'm not going to just sit back, but I'm going to be in the game, and the Bible says, here's what's going on, verse 7, I love Verse 7 of this passage, because it goes, yeah, that's what it's all about. Because of this, because of this miracle, so the word of God spread. Come on, Horizon. How many of you want to see the word of God spread throughout this community? And some of you go, well, how does that happen? It happens when Christ followers will get off the bleachers and into the game. It happens when we all go like this. This is not about Pastor Stan and Karen, but this is about all of us. 
all of us going like this. I'm in. I'm in. I won't dine and dash. I'm in the game. What can we do? What can we make a difference? The word of God spread. And listen, the number of disciples in, in Jerusalem increased. Come on, let's say this word out loud together. Increase what? Rapidly. I love it. They increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Even preachers got saved. You know that God's alive in the church, right? I love the word of God. They came to the tipping point. They got stuck. They hit a lid, and all of a sudden the disciple says, we got to reorganize, restructure, rethink ministry. Okay, let's get out of the way. Stephen, Philip, where are you at? Come on. Rise up, stand up, Stephen, Philip, get involved, make a difference, and let's reach this community in this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, Horizon. you got to let the mission of God make you uncomfortable. you got to go, you know what? I'm going to refuse to buy into this dying and dash mentality, and I'm going to be a person that says, I'm going to be involved in the mission of God. You know what Pastor Stan and Karen need from you? They need you to say, you know what, what do we need, pastors? We're with you, heart and soul. We're with you, pastors. And whatever that means, we're not going to just sit back and watch this community go to hell. We have this great facility. We have a great history. We have a great church. But, pastor, there's still people that need Jesus. And what your pastor needs from you more than anything is to say, we're with you, heart and soul. And instead of the dying and dash, you need to pray and give and serve. You need to pray, give, and serve. You need to say, let's come together under the power of the Holy Spirit, and let's see the word of God spread rapidly. Let's see the number of disciples increase. Let's see even priests become obedient to the faith, because Horizon says, I refuse to just sit back and watch. I'm going to jump into the game. That's what your pastor needs from you. And let me tell you, talking as a pastor, because that's what I am, a pastor, I tell you, when I walk into church and I see the people serving, it makes the difference. There are people's eyes, when I look at them on Sunday morning, they go, Pastor, we're with you. We're there. They show up early and make coffee and take care of the kids. I'm going like this. It makes a world of difference to speak life and authority into the life of a church. Now, now, now here's the thing. I, I want to share with you something that I'll paint a picture for you. That I pray that the Spirit of God would just grab your hearts and we're going to pray together. And I'm going to ask you today to, to make a commitment. And I'm going to ask you, your commitment would be this. I will be a person that will never fall into the trap of dining and dashing. But I'm going to pray, I'm going to give, and I'm going to serve. And Pastor Stan and Karen, we're with you, heart and soul. I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand up and make that commitment before God. And you may be involved in going forward, maybe you're not, but that would be a commitment you'd make. But here's what happens, is every Sunday morning, there's some of you here, first or second time here at Horizon, you're here for the first time. But every Sunday morning, what happens at Horizon, I know this, because talking to your pastor, there's brand new first time, second time guests here. Every Sunday. And you know, some of those guests are prodigal sons, prodigal daughters. Some of those guests, and some of you are going, that's me, you're going, Pat, you're talking to me. Like, you think church is irrelevant, and you're here today, and you're, you're just looking for a reason to say, I don't want anything to do with that church. And what else, the other thing about some of those first second time guests is that there's a, there's a wife. She's been married probably about seven, eight years to this guy. They're about 32 years old. And this lady has been praying for years that her husband would come to church. And every Sunday he has an excuse. Every Sunday. 
they have a couple kids, and he just excuses. Obviously, football is the reason why he makes an excuse, but it's an excuse. I'm not going to come with you. But one Sunday, for whatever reason, she doesn't even know, God answers her prayers, and the husband decides to come. She gets up, and he's trying to make excuses, but somehow he gets through all the excuses. They get in their car, and they drive, and they show up to Horizon. And when they drive into this parking lot, she is praying. Here, I've met this lady, this wife I'm talking about over and over at New Life. She's praying. And here's what she's praying. Oh, God, let the parking lot attendants be friendly today. Please, God, don't give us a grump. Let there be a parking lot attendant that, that, that actually looks normal. She's just praying. She's praying that there'd be a good parking space because she knows her husband gets grumpy and about no parking space. So if they find one, they get in the building. When she walks through the door, she's going, oh God, I pray that we wouldn't run into so-and-so that would lay, like, lay their hands on my husband. Let him get in the church first. She's, she's praying, oh God, let, let him run into like a normal guy. A guy that can joke, a guy that can laugh. This is what she's praying. And some of you ladies are out there, you know exactly, because your husband's not here yet. I'm telling you, listen to me, prophetic, your husband's coming to Jesus. He's coming to Jesus, and when he comes to this door, you're going to be praying, oh God, I pray that one of the greeters would, I pray that, that the greeters would be normal and healthy, and they would laugh. I pray the greeter would actually be there. Then when the husband goes gets coffee, she's going, oh God, let the coffee be good coffee. Don't let it be church coffee. That's what she's praying. She's, she, I'm telling you, she's going, because every detail is noticed at that moment. When, when, she, when they, she checks her kids in the nursery, she's going, oh, God, I pray that the children's workers would be on fire. I pray the children's workers would not be lazy that day. All she cares, because she knows her husband will make an excuse to stand in the lobby. She knows her, man. And anything excuse to gather, she's going, God, I pray that the children are going to be there. Because all she wants is her husband to come in. And in, in the hour, an hour, 15 minutes service, she's just praying that her husband of five, seven years would be softened to the gospel. And when she walks in, oh, she's praying that the sound system works properly. Because she knows that he probably has a better sound system than many churches in his car. And when the music starts, she's going, oh man, I want the worship pastor. Oh, I pray that it'd be a good song set. I pray that the worship pastor would connect with him. And then here's what she's really praying. Oh God, I pray that Pastor Stan wouldn't preach on tithing that day. No. <laughs> she, she's going, no. Let it not be on tithing. And she's praying that somehow Pastor Stan would be a man and would be a pastor and a prophet and somehow her husband of five, seven years would connect with the old, with the, not older, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> a man of God that he could look up to, a man they could connect to, a man that, and she's just praying all that. And listen to me, Horizon, I, I know some of you are going like this, well, that's just drama, and that's just a story. I'm telling you, that story, here's what I'm praying for, for Horizon, would be repeated over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. My prayer is that this church would be a church that would reach that prodigal son and daughter, that husband that's saying that he does not sure and he thinks Jesus may be cold but the church is irrelevant. But that story would happen and that will only happen if every one of us step up and we get involved with parking lot and we get involved with making coffee and greeting and children's ministry. That we say at New Life, we say the sermon starts in the parking lot. It's from the street 
to the seat. That's where the sermon starts and that your goal should be way before Pastor Stan steps up. We've already created this environment where people that are far from God can connect to Jesus. I pray today, every one of you, you, you you're like I am, you go, my horizon, you go, ah, it's just a campaign. It's not a campaign. It's about that husband that desperately needs the gospel. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going, I, I got this little blind date run for a few moments here. I'm going to ask you to say, you know, Pastor Stan, I'm in. And I'm going to go and to the table, my horizon table, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to serve. And I'm not going to do it because my pastors asked me to, but I'm going to do it because there are people going to hell that will be here in this service, next service, every Sunday, and we're going to reach them with the gospel of Christ. What would happen, what would happen to Horizon if every person caught that? What would happen if every person said, I'm about the mission of God, Pastor Stan, Karen, we're with you heart and soul.